Hello and welcome to this episode of the Print On Demand Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Kerry Egler, here with my co-host, Adrian Von Arks. And today we're diving into tips for best-selling, uh, winning designs. We're super pumped. This episode is jam-packed. We talk about spying on your competitors and strategies for doing that. We talk about uh, apps and software you can use to actually find winning designs, find stuff that's selling really well out there in the marketplace. So I want you to buckle up because this is going to be an awesome episode. And I also want to ask you, if you love this episode, if you're getting value out of this podcast, please subscribe on whatever platform that you are listening on and consider leaving us a review, just an honest review of what you think of this podcast. We love to hear from you. Let's get into it. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. We are so pumped for today because, wow, crazy stuff has been going on behind the scenes here with Carrie and I. Carrie, first, how are you, man? And secondly, why don't you tell them like what we've been up to? Dude, I'm doing good. I'm doing great. Uh, yeah, we've been up to some crazy stuff around here. And you might be listening to this podcast. You might be thinking, what are they talking about? I was not aware of this. That's because it was a secret. It was, it was, it was a secret, uh, <laughs> last week. So, so at the time of recording this, uh, we're about a, we're about a week, uh, removed from launching our brand new coaching program called six figure founder. Uh, I, I found myself biting my tongue like so many times on the podcast just because Same. I didn't want to let it out. Uh, but we launched a new coaching program last week. We did a two-day live event, and it was phenomenal. I mean, like, the event was phenomenal, and then the we welcomed a new group, or our first group of coaching students into the program, and I think it exceeded all of our expectations, uh, both from... And it's not just about the numbers. Like we had a great number. It was, it was, we beat our goals as far as like how many people we wanted to bring into the program for this launch, mm -hmm. but also the quality of the people. Oh my gosh. Oh, just so good. amazing businesses and amazing people. And I feel like we're already making like really good friends and like things are mm -hmm. happening. We've had tons of students already getting a, like a bunch of sales just in the first week that we've been doing this. Mm -hmm. And I know, I know you're, I know you want to chime in, uh, but just so everybody knows, we, only open this coaching program up to our existing students inside of our program. So T-Shirt Legends Academy, Shirt School, like we only opened it up to our students. And I'll let you talk about it a little bit, Adrian, but I know we're going to be opening it up soon for, for everybody that listens to this podcast. Yeah, yeah. It was absolutely wild. Like a couple of weeks ago, I was in Mexico for five days. I was at a wedding. I was actually the officiant at the wedding, which was oh, really go, fun. Um, I'm not like a licensed officiant, but they were already legally married. So I was just kind of like, it was, it was a lot of fun. But Mexico was wild, man. I saw like humpback whales. I saw massive manta rays. I swear they were like eight to 10 feet wide. Tons of them. Um, and it was just an awesome time. But as soon as I got back, it was like, all right, we hit the ground running. I, I got back and I think within like three days, we we had our first day of the workshop and man, it was so much fun. Like, like this community is like high vibing. People were interacting, people were connecting, people were making sales. It was just so cool. People are helping each other out. We did so much in those two days. I can't even believe all the stuff we squished in there. Like it was eight hours, like four hours per day, but it seemed like it went by really fast because it was a lot of fun, but man, we did so much in there. So that was a super good time. Um, and really the goal of six figure founder, I'm not going to talk about it too much. Um, but I just want to share the goal of six figure founder, why we created it. 
our Tell goal, the mission statement, the mission, yeah. the, the vision of it. Our goal is to help 500 impact-driven clothing and apparel brand owners hit six figures or more in their first 12 months. That's the goal. But we don't just want them to hit six figures. We want to help them hit six figures consecutively year after year after year. So this is like an accelerator program, kind of an advanced coaching program um, for people who want kind of the next level after starting their business. Now they want to like take it to the next level. And we've got three coaches. We're working around the clock. It's a lot of fun. And the community is just awesome. I cannot say enough good things about the community. Um, but just before we hop into today's podcast, I actually wanted to share a um, testimonial that we got on Apple Podcasts because we love y'all for leaving testimonials. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We appreciate it so much. And we want to acknowledge you by by shouting out people who take the time to um, give us testimonials. So I'm just going to read one. It's from um, the Super Burrito Baby. Hey, love that how name. About, how about that name? The super love that name. I can never love be that cool in my life, right there. Oh, dude, that is so good. That's a wicked name. Okay, so here's what they said: five stars. This podcast is super helpful, and I love how uh, how you talk openly and don't hold back information. Definitely gonna keep listening. So, super burrito baby, thank you for being a listener. We appreciate you. And if you guys are enjoying the podcast, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening, we really appreciate it. And we're going to continue trying to shout out people. So stay tuned because if you leave us a review, there's a good chance you'll get a shout out. So with that, why don't we just transition right into today's topic? I got I to gotta say one more thing about the coaching program. Yeah, go for it. First of all, thank you, Super Burrito Baby. That was awesome. Uh, we appreciate you. <laughs> And you better have a good name if you're going to leave a review. Just there's the expectations are hot right now. Um, Super taco, baby. Anybody? Um, anyways, sorry about that. I wanted to mention just about six figure founder. The program's called six figure founder. I wanted, I wanted to mention this because the, the podcast, we we're maybe like three months in or, or so to the podcast. Starting January. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, it's been growing like this, like, like a rocket ship and it's, it's incredible. We're so thankful. Like this year just feels like a year of like growth and expansion for, for us. Mm -hmm. Um, but so we know a lot of people are listening and I just want to kind of throw this out there. If you're an impact driven apparel brand owner and, and you have launched your business already, maybe you've launched your Shopify store, you've launched your brand, uh, but you want to go to that next level, right? You want to go to that six figures and beyond level. That's what six that that's who six figure founder is for. It's for you. And so I just kind of want to throw this out there that uh, if this sounds like something you're interested in, if you're listening to us talk about it and you're like, oh my gosh, this is this is for me, just stay tuned to the podcast. Like we're going to open up this program uh, more widely available to more people, but we've got kind of a founders group in there right now, and we're definitely working out some kinks. We're you know taking them through the material. Uh, helping a smaller group of people. And then we're going to open this up uh, a little more widely for more people to experience. So just stay tuned and we'll have more info. Cool. Cool. Good stuff. All right, guys, today we are talking about something that I personally do not think gets talked about enough. And that is creating winning shirt designs that sell. Yeah. And I, I, I'm super passionate about this. I, I'm passionate about a lot of things, but I'm super passionate about this subject because I honestly believe that so many brands, this is where they get stuck. Like so many people think they're stuck on marketing, but here's the thing, you could have the best marketing in the world, but if no one wants what you're selling, 
it's not going to do anything. You're not going to make any sales. You're probably going to burn through a bunch of money and you're going to spend a ton, a bunch of time marketing products that nobody wants. So like do yourself a favor and focus on finding that winning design. And then man, you can market that thing to the moon. Uh, and that's why I'm super excited to share these tips with you guys. I hope you guys will take these and apply them. And I would love to hear about kind of the successes you're having um, with your design. So we have got 13 tips and I'm just going to say it. This is going to be a two-parter. Like too many times, Carrie and I have been like, all right, we're just going to blast through these and like get it all done in one episode. Come on, man. Like we, we know to, that's we not going to happen. We need, never to stop acting, we need to stop acting like we can get through all this in one episode. And we just, it's just a two-parter. We're saying it from exactly. the beginning. This is going to be a two-parter. <laughs> we just always just, find ourselves wanting to go deeper than, you know, wanting to go really deep on it and not leave anything out. Yeah. So we're just setting that expectation. So today we'll probably get through about seven of the tips. Uh, we'll try to get through as much as possible. Um, and then we'll finish it off in the next episode. So why don't I just like fire away with the first tip? Hit us, Adrian. Here we go. Tip number one for creating winning shirt designs that sell, create designs that invoke emotion and relatability. This is so, so important. And I cannot stress this enough. Once you've determined your niche, once you know who you are creating products for, try to create products or designs that invoke emotion and relatability for your ideal audience, for the people who you are trying to serve. And what I found in my experience, and Carrie, I think you'll agree with this, there's really three super effective types um, when it comes to uh, evoking emotion and relatability. And I just want to break it down and kind of expand a little bit more. So first is creating funny or humorous designs. This, in my experience, is the number one most effective and high performing designs that I've seen and that I've had experience with myself. Like my best sellers are those designs that make people laugh out loud and people want to wear the shirt to have others laugh out loud. That is that that is kind of the goal of the design. And I highly recommend not only making it funny, but making it niche specific. So a great example of this is a shirt in the dog niche. You've probably heard this before. I've talked about it a lot on my TikTok. Uh, a shirt that says dogs make me happy, you not so much. Obviously, that's that's funny and that's going to be super relevant to dog lovers who is who you would be trying to target with a design like this. So, Carrie, your thoughts on that? Yes. Yes. I think I think you should keep going and, and I just want to get some thoughts overall on this tip number one. Um, yep. because yeah, yeah, you've got so much good stuff here. I want you to just keep going. Just keep hitting. All right. This. Let's let's keep rolling. I'll give so my thoughts towards the end. Okay, cool. We'll get your analysis at the end. Uh, so, so I'm going through the three most effective types of designs that have emotion and, and uh, relatability. So number one is create funny designs. Guys, this is like the lowest hanging fruit in my opinion and where I recommend almost everybody go if possible. Not every niche you can do that. Well, I guess you can, but there's a lot of niches that maybe it, it's not so easy to do that. But most niches, I think, you should, and this would be where you would have the most success. Number two is emotional designs. And I don't mean necessarily an emotional design that's going to make someone cry. Although if you can create a design that's going to make someone cry, man, that's powerful stuff. Like that is super powerful. But what I mean by emotion is uh, the design 
sparks something in people. So maybe it makes them happy. Maybe it makes them frustrated. Maybe it makes them angry. Maybe it makes them, it's an us versus them kind of uh, design. It could be, you know, a subject that they are super passionate about. There's a lot of those out there. So just to name a couple, super passionate niches, environmental niche, animal welfare, religion, politics, social justice. There are so many topics that invoke emotion. And if you can invoke that emotion, the chances, the likelihood of someone purchasing that design from you absolutely skyrockets. So that's number two is emotional designs. Number three is relatable design. So what do I mean by a relatable design? I mean, you are creating a design for your niche, for a group of people that identify together over kind of similar attributes, designs that resonate with your ideal customer and make them think to themselves, oh my God, that is so me. That is what I mean by relatable. An example of this is a super popular design uh, that says, I'm an F-bomb mom with tattoos, pretty eyes, and thick thighs. Like that is extremely specific. But if you meet those criteria, you're gonna be like, okay, who is like stalking me and has like found out all my attributes and put them onto design? There's actually a lot of people that meet these criteria. Um, but it when when someone sees that they're going to be like wow this shirt was made for me and if someone has a friend like that they're going to like share that with their friend and then say like you need this or they'll just buy it for them as a gift so um yeah it's it's absolutely crazy if you can combine niches on a design like this like overlap interests you can have a huge amount of success like the deeper you go generally the more passionate people identify um, because it's even more specific to them. So instead of just a dog lover, maybe they're a, a pit bull lover, something like that. So um, yeah, that's, that's it for step number one. And I'm just gonna reiterate those three. One is funny, two is emotional, and three is relatable. Carrie, your thoughts now. You, you just did it so eloquently. I didn't, I didn't want to interrupt you. So good. Um, I, I totally agree here. A couple things that are coming to mind. One thing that I like, one thing that I see a lot is if, and this is kind of a filter to put your designs through. Mm. If you have to explain your design, like if somebody, if somebody sees it and you're like, and they're kind of looking at it and they maybe don't understand it and you have to be like, Oh, well, this is what it means. Like, right. just think about that that's usually a sign maybe you know maybe it's not a good design now now one thing you said that's really important is your ideal customer right like there's things that i won't get that 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 ideal customer might get so that that's right. the question to ask is does your ideal customer like do they get it right away and the, the big big point i want to drive home is instant emotion like it mm -hmm. has to create that instant emotion the reason i say that is because we're living in this world where attention spans are unfortunately coming shorter and shorter we're watching short form video, 15 seconds, 30 seconds, 60 seconds, right? People are the endless scroll on social media. So you have to be able to grab attention um, immediately. And there's this, there's this. Uh, uh, I think you can find it on Google. I don't even know what you would search. But um, 
have you ever seen that graphic of they do it with different things, but it's specifically with like an ad on social media and it says like your eyes will see this first, then you will see this next, then you will see this next. Have you ever seen that? Uh, I don't think so. It, it, it's like a picture and it, it, it kind of shows like, like a big square. That's like the image of a Facebook ad, let's say. Okay. And then it's like the headline underneath it. And then it's like the, the, um, the, the text at the top, like the ad copy. But they all say, you will see this first, then you will see this next, <laughs> then you will see this next. And so you read it and you, you literally go, it goes in the exact order, you know, that it, that it shows like, it's kind of, it's weird. But anyways, the so point funny. I bring that up is uh, it's actually really eye opening. But the, um, the reason I bring that up is because the first thing you see is the image or the video when you see mm -hmm. an ad or you see even a, a social media post, right? You're not going to read, you, do, you don't read the caption first before you look at the content. Right. Because you look at the content, then you read the caption. And so, because that's what you see. And so you, your designs, you have to, they have to grab people right away. They yeah. got to make them, they got to get it. They got to make, you got to make them feel something, right? We just talked about it. Make them laugh, make mm -hmm. them, you know, excited, make them feel pride, make them, make you know, them cry, uh, emotional, make them fired up, cry. Yeah. Sentimental, um, nostalgia. They have to feel those, something of those things. And, um, I just think that's so important. I think it's something that I see that a lot of people struggle with is like, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's gotta, it's gotta have emotion. It's gotta be able to evoke it instantly. You gotta get it instantly. Totally. Totally. You gotta have a thumb stopper. Like no one's, no one's, no one's scrolling through Instagram, reading captions. They're, they're scrolling yeah. through Instagrams, looking at the images. So yeah. it's almost like a funnel. Your image needs to capture their attention and stop their scroll. Then they're going to read the caption and that should compliment. Maybe it's like an awesome offer, or maybe it's some powerful text, or maybe it's just a good, you know, a good message that resonates and, and goes well with the image. But you're totally right about that. Um, the image is going to be hands down the most important when you're trying to disrupt people in their scroll, because we all know how short our attention spans are getting these days. Even One like a 30 second video seems long these days. Yeah. One thing I would add, and I know this is only point, this is only tip number one. We're going so deep. But one thing I would add, cause there, there might be people out there that are like, but what about if I'm building like a brand, like, like my, not just a brand, but I'm, you know, my own, like branded, I got a logo on my logo on things, blah, blah, blah. It's like, and unfortunately, like, in my opinion, that's the, that's the, the really, really long route. I think what we teach inside six figure founder, what I teach in shirt school, what you teach in teacher legends Academy is you can have both. You can have a brand, mm -hmm. a really high quality, high end brand, but you can still create these emotional based designs because these kind of designs are the way that you're going to initially get attention in your niche. Yeah. And of course, as you build a following, as you build a community, you build a movement, you can add some more of those branded things in there, or people may want to buy into your brand more. But I think a lot of people, they start out with like their Louis Vuitton logo mm -hmm. and you know, not, not a Louis Vuitton logo, but their own logo, trying to be a Louis Vuitton, a Gucci or whatever brand, a Supreme or whatever. And they just think that's going to sell. But when people are scrolling through social media, no, nobody cares about your logo. They don't know who you are. They have no trust in your brand. They don't. And that's just the, the reality is like, it's a really hard path to go mm -hmm. that way. And it can be done, but it's going to be a long term play. And you're really going to have to sell people on the vision of your brand, what you stand for. And it, and it, people don't buy into that right away, but people will buy an emotion based design on a whim, right? right. People will buy yep. into something that speaks to them immediately. Yeah, I, I totally agree. If you have, 
if you're trying to create that kind of lifestyle brand around your brand name, have a mix. Like I like the to me, the emotion invoking and relatable slogans are the low hanging fruit. Those are going to catch. Those are going to stop people's scrolls. And they're going to be like, oh, my God, this is so me. Or they're going to laugh out loud or they're going to need to share it with all their other dog loving friends. You know, if it's like the if it's a funny dog quote. And um, I would think of I would I would think of it as kind of like a these designs is kind of lead magnets. Yeah. So what they're going to do is they're going to catch people's attention. People are going to be like, this is hilarious. I need to know more about this brand. They're going to go to your website. They're going to see that you're a brand and you have your own branded stuff, which is totally cool. You can have that. But this stuff is the stuff that just stops the scroll and gets people to get to your website in the first place. And I see a lot more success with that than people who are either running ads or just always posting their brand because no one knows who the brand is. And so that's Someday why they, they will stop their scroll. Someday yeah. they will. But that's that's the goal. And yeah. and hopefully they do. But I I always tell my students and even in Six Figure Founder, we were doing some coaching and I was saying you should really mix it up. Like there were some people with really cool lifestyle brands where it was all about their brand. I was like, I love what you're trying to do here, but you could I really suggest you mix it up and try to create some relatable and emotion evoking uh designs that are going to attract your niche and draw them in. And then they might go and they might buy your other products as well. Well, yeah. And it's like you, you, when you use those designs, like we're talking about those slogans is re relatable, funny, you build, you're building up your list. You're building up, you're starting to build up your community and you're following and all these things And the gateway. Like you said, the lead magnet or the gateway mm -hmm. is through those designs. But mm -hmm. once you have that, you start really building a community, they will buy other things from you. And that's where you can, totally. you can pitch your brand, you know, and mm -hmm. you're going to get some sales off of that. Um, yep. because these people, know your brand, they trust your brand and they, they will buy from you. Right. So yeah, it just to get attention, to start really building that movement. You, I feel like it's almost a must, especially if you want to do it in a relatively short amount of time, you have to have these kind of designs and why yeah. not? Like, yeah, why? absolutely. Absolutely. You can have as with print on a man, you can have as many designs as you want. I don't encourage you to have a thousand designs on your website, but I would encourage you to keep dropping new designs and then just retire the ones that don't perform well so that you can always have like, you know, the high performers in front of people and then the low performers just like in test out, yeah. you know? Um, and I know we talked about this one tip and we might not talk about every tip this much, but this is probably the single most important one in my opinion, or at least one of the most important. This is what I see working and this is what I have always seen working. It's what works for me. It will works. It's what works for so many other t-shirt apparel brand owners. Like this is proven. It is proven. So this is where I recommend everyone start, like put a sticky note when you're designing, when you're coming up with concepts, put a sticky note on your computer that says emotion evoking and relatable designs. And put and, every and design work. through that filter. Put everything yeah. through that filter. Oh man, if all of them know. were put through that lens, the quality I think would significantly go up because I see a lot of designs that do most designs I see do not meet this criteria. And then people wonder why they're not performing well. I'm like, because it doesn't make anyone feel anything. No one reacts to it. They see it, they're like, meh. And then they just keep scrolling if they even stop at all. Yeah. Um, so, all right, let's okay. let's go into step number two. I'm gonna, uh, take, I'm gonna take the next two tips because they're pretty sure. related. So I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna take both of these. So uh, tip number two, spy on your competitors to find their best selling designs that you can use as inspiration. So again, this is kind of one of the like foundational things that I that I teach um, mm -hmm. is is finding other designs that are already successful 
and actually taking inspiration from them. I'm going to give you, I want to hear you talk about some, some of these strategies because there's, there's a lot of amazing stuff in this point, but like one of the things that I do that I, that I really like is, and let me say this before I say that I am really bad at just coming up out of nowhere with like color combos and, you know, um, font styles and like, like layouts for designs. Like that's one thing that it's just like in my head, I'm like, I don't have any ideas for a t-shirt layout. Like I have to go find other designs and then make <clears> my designs based off of those other designs. Like, Oh, I really like that rounded text or I really <clears> like <throat> that color combination. Oh my gosh. I never thought of a dark blue t-shirt with this color font and you know, these, these kind of things or, you know, just those, those different, those different elements. And so this is a huge tip is there's a big difference between getting inspiration and stealing. Okay. We're mm -hmm. not encouraging you to steal. That's not, nobody should be doing that, especially from like your competitors. Like you're going out mm -hmm. and spying on your competitors. You definitely don't want to just steal their designs. That's horrible. Right. Mm -hmm. But finding like what slogans are working, what people are actually talking about, people are buying, you know, you can go on your competitors' websites. You can look at the amount of reviews they're getting on certain designs to see what's resonating with your audience. You can also use things like Etsy, right? Like Etsy is an amazing tool because it's a search engine where you can just search any niche plus t-shirt and then you can get a million t-shirt designs that you can kind of see how they're selling. There's also tools that you can get. Um, you talk about uh, Merchant Former in here, which I've mm -hmm. heard of, but I, I've not personally used. I like to use this uh, print-on-demand tool called Profit Busters, which is awesome, um, and it shows you it shows you what um, what t-shirts are not just t-shirts, but any print-on-demand product is selling really well with Facebook ads and also on Etsy. It's kind of a spy tool, mm -hmm. and it gives you a lot of the stats and different things, which is really cool. So there's lots of ways to do this, but like one thing I want to add, just to give you like my formula. Here's my formula. I would start by again, it all goes back to knowing your ideal customer. What are, you know, where are they located? What's their age? What's their gender? What's their occupation? Like getting pretty detailed on that and then making a list of places that they would probably shop for clothes, for t-shirts, those kind of things. Okay. Now mm -hmm. you can put your competitors on there, but what I like to do is I like to think about what maybe like bigger brands they're already shopping at. So, you know, maybe they're shopping at PacSun or or Forever 21 or H&M or, you know, Zara or these other brands, you know, The Gap or different things like that. I like to go to these websites and what I like to do is I like to look at their best-selling graphic t-shirts and I start, I like to start taking screenshots of those and mm -hmm. keeping those screenshots like in a folder on my computer to where I always have inspiration to go back to. And, you know, you're just making an assumption that if they're already shopping at these brands, you know, that's where their demographic shops, that if you start making designs that kind of maybe look a little bit similar, have some elements of that, there's a higher likelihood you might be able to sell those, right? And right. so that's kind of one way to do it. But I also combine that, like we talked about with Etsy research, you know, even on Amazon, you can do some Amazon research, looking at my competitors and just drawing inspiration from all these places. Um, and one other thing, I know I'm going to really detail, but one other thing is, is also being, and this may be down on the list somewhere, being in the communities and that, that you're, you know, that is around your niche, following the pages, following the Instagram accounts, following the TikTok accounts, mm -hmm. and see, just seeing what kind of messaging is resonating with people. For instance, you could go to an Instagram meme account that's in your niche and you could just start picking out which memes are getting the most engagement, mm -hmm. looking at what text they're using in the caption and on the picture and seeing if you could turn that into a t-shirt slogan 
or if you could maybe put your own spin on it. That is really, really powerful because there's so many times you see content out there that, you know, some controversial statement or some, some meme or something like that that's getting so much attention, you can mm -hmm. just easily turn that into a t-shirt. Like, boom. 100%. T-shirt design. 100%. There's, and that, that is one of the future tips that we're going to be talking about. No, my bad. No, but no, no. It's good. It's totally I do like, fine. I, do, I like taking those slogans, those memes that you might see, mm -hmm. combining that with some of the design stuff that I see like on like, let's say a Gap or a, you know, H&M or something and kind of combining those together to make this really cool design uh, because you take some of those really professional design elements from these more professional brands mm -hmm. or more, you know, high end, higher end brands and combining those together. It's like you get a really cool, you can get some really cool designs. Yeah, I have a very similar strategy. So many things what you said are what I do. Um, I have a folder that's just for design inspiration. It's not even necessarily the slogan. It's just that this design performed really well. Maybe it's in my niche, maybe it's in another niche. And I just want to use a different quote or a different slogan, but I, I want to get inspiration from the design itself. Uh, so I have that. And then I also do research for slogans because contrary to popular belief, the people that I see having the most success, the ones that are churning out the winners like hit after hit after hit, it is not an art, it is a science. Like they are using a very particular strategy to identify designs that are already winning and then finding a way to put a spin on it. Maybe it's just switching it over to their niche because it's in another niche and then dropping it in their niche. And man, you can become a hit maker mm -hmm. if you do this. I think a lot of people feel like they need to just keep always think of these original design or all these original slogans or original things, and then they just write them down and then they post them and it's kind of crickets. And a big reason why it's it's like that is because they're not actually using a proven strategy. So um, I think the best strategy is to find designs already winning, analyze yes. those designs, make them somewhat original. Sometimes it's just tweaking one word and then testing them yourself. Your chance of success with the design is gonna be significantly higher if it's inspired by a winning design than if it's just kind of something totally out of the blue. Hallelujah, Adrian, hallelujah. <laughs> Dropping bombs. It's it's so true, though, and this is kind of like a secret sauce that a lot of these people that look like marketing geniuses are, are doing, but maybe they're not telling people their strategy because they don't want everyone doing this. But there are so many tools out there that can help you do this. I think Etsy is one of the best places for design research. They put bestseller on a lot of designs. You can filter. You can do you can use Chrome extensions. There's tools like Everbee, there's tools like E-Rank where you can find popular searches um, and popular products and get sales estimates. This is powerful stuff. Like essentially you're looking at the data, making a database decision like, okay, this is the number one selling product in this category in Etsy. Could this have potential in my niche? very likely it could very likely it could just make it make do something to make it original and then test it out for yourself i love the other one, oh go ahead i was gonna say i love the example you you actually used it in the last tip but it, you've used it i've heard you use it before on trainings or whatever but you said um dogs make me happy you not so much so mm -hmm. that's an example of if you saw that t-shirt right you could yep. be in almost any niche and you could just change yep. one word 
and you have an original design. So instead of dogs make me happy, you not so much, I could say pickleball makes me happy, you not so much. Right. You could say cats, you could say games, you could say, right, we're not telling you to go make that design. That's an example of you find a competitor design or a trending design on Etsy. It may not even be related to your niche and at all, but you mm -hmm. can look, oh my gosh, I could just change that word and make instead of putting a doggy face on there, I put a, you know, whatever. I put something else on there, right? I put a pickleball on there. So it's just, it's, it's, so a, it's so, it can be so simple. If you can start getting your brain to think that way, it's really right. powerful. A hundred percent. It's so, so true. Like imagine if you spent an hour a week or maybe a couple hours a week researching bestsellers, you made a list of a hundred like high performing designs from other brands right now. And then your job was to be like, okay, how can I make this original and relatable to my niche? man, you could just be cranking out the hits. And a lot of people do, but most people don't do this. Most people will not use this strategy. This is kind of like the 1% of people that are that are doing this strategy and they're the ones seeing the big gains. And then everyone else thinks they're some like genius guru when they're not, they're just, they're just looking at the data. And that's what I encourage everyone to do. So I talked about Etsy um, in terms of Amazon merch on demand. That's another awesome place. Kind of going on what Kerry was saying, where he goes on, you know, stores that his niche typically shops at and he looks for the best selling designs, which by the way, I always recommend sorting by bestseller on those websites, like, allowed, graphic yeah. tees, sort by bestseller, and then look at like the top ones. But you can do the same thing with Amazon merch on demand, which used to be called Amazon merch. It's super big, super popular. And you can use this free tool called Merch Informer, where you go, you type in a category such as your niche, like funny dog t-shirt, and it will show you popular designs that match your search criteria. So not only are you going to see hot selling slogans, you're also going to see hot selling designs. And a lot of them will be made by professional designers, but you can take inspiration from those designs. And they're clearly resonating with people in this niche. That might be your same niche. So you can get inspiration in that way. There's so many ways you can use this. Um, and then last uh, tool that I also love for this is Instagram. I love going on Instagram, looking at hot selling designs on brands and just kind of stalking brands, seeing what's new, seeing what's going on, and then looking at the engagement for abnormally high engagement on products, which is usually a very clear indicator that it's a winner. It means they're either running ads to that post or it just means that a lot of people engage because it probably evoked emotion and was relatable. Um, Tip yeah. number three. Tip number three is take inspiration from the design itself, not just the slogan. So we talked about this a little bit, but basically what we mean by that is just, you know, you're not just looking for, and this is kind of what I talked about. You're not just looking for like slogans or words or phrases that you can, that you can take inspiration from. A big thing you need to look at is font styles, mm -hmm. layout and color combinations. I even like, I mean, you know, I like to go on like color.adobe.com and you can look at like what colors complement each other. But way better than that is literally just researching t-shirts and finding which ones, you know, you think look really good, right? And finding color combos that work together. Um, it, it, it's so simple, but color combos are so important. Just co colors that complement each other. The layout, so where things should be placed to be pleasing to the eye. A lot of people put their designs way too low, right? Mm -hmm. Usually they need to be a little bit higher, kind of on the chest. 
And then like font styles, font styles is huge, you know, especially, you know, in your niche or just font styles that complement each other. So tip number three was take inspiration from the design itself, not just the slogan. Yeah. And just to expand on that a little bit, I won't go too deep on this one because we talked about it so much, but I just want to give an example. So going back to the example of dogs make me happy, you not so much. If you saw that on a page and you know, knew that it was a winner and I was in a different niche, I would literally use the same font. I would make the design the same size. I would use the same colors because some there was a magic formula there something there really resonated with people and obviously the slogan resonated with people too but sometimes you can have a good slogan and you can have just really ugly design or bad coloration and it just doesn't look good and a lot of people would be like ah, i love it but i would never wear that but clearly if it's a winner people are willing to wear it so what i would do is i would keep everything else intact i would find out exactly what font that was and use the same colors and everything and just change out the word. If I was in the horse niche, I'd say horses make me happy, not so much. It would look exactly like that other design, but instead of dogs as horses, it's completely original. Now that's probably taken, but I'm just giving you an example of like how you can repurpose designs. Find winners like that and then just repurpose them for your niche. It get, it significantly increases your chances of, um, of putting out your own winner. So why don't we hop over to tip number four. Uh, so this one, Tip number four, repurpose winning slogans from competitors and other successful t-shirt brands, even in completely different niches. So this is kind of, a lot of these kind of merge into each other. Um, and we keep talking about all these different things in, in each step. So this is exactly what I just talked about, where you can actually look at a really popular brand, like another t-shirt or apparel brand, like middle-class fancy, for example, which Carrie has talked about. Dude, I love go on Middle-class fancy is awesome, but, and so they're good. super successful. Like you can see they have a huge following. So what you can do is you can go on middle-class fancy, watch them regularly, find out what their winning designs are, and then see if there's a way that you can repurpose that design and the style of the design for your particular niche. That's exactly what I'm talking about. And it goes back to the the example of repurposing, repurposing dogs make me happy, you not so much into something like horses make me happy, you not as much or turtles make me happy, you not so much if you're in the yeah. turtle, whatever like, it is at their on their website, just for just as an example, like on their website, you can sort by best selling. So I mean, they Amazing. make it really easy to just mm -hmm. see what's selling the best right there. Boom. There you go. You don't even have to try <laughs> It's a couple of clicks. So, yes, um, that that's all I'm going to say about that one because we already talked about it so much. Did you want did you want to take number five, Carrie? Yep. Tip number five: repurpose your best selling designs to create new winning designs. Okay, so yeah, amazing. Like when once you find a winning design, mm. um, you can you can create other designs that have some of those same elements, like we just talked about, like similar slogan, maybe just rephrased in a different way. Uh, you know, taking the slogan and making a different design out of it, using the same slogan, but making like multiple designs or, um, you know, using the layout with a different slogan, like just, just kind of like, you know, making some more designs based off of that one design. Um, mm -hmm. that's a really great, really great, great way to find more winners. Right. 
Totally, totally. It's like, that's that's the beauty. Once you find a winner, you can milk that baby for years. Yes. Like you could, like I tell people all the time, like one of my best selling designs of all time is from 2017 and it's still one of our best selling designs. And I see a lot of brands doing this. They'll come out with seasonal colors. It'll be the same design, but it'll be like, oh, now it's, now it's available in forest green because forest green is trending or now it's available in like a, you know, like a pastel pink because that's trendy whatever is trendy they'll come out with those colors they'll change the design color they'll put it on different products and different styles but the example that i i usually use for this and i think is the easiest to explain is repurposing a design like let's say you actually invented dogs make me happy you not so much there is so many places you can go with this design. You should not stop there. And the next tip is remixing the design, which we'll talk about in a sec. But for this one, this is repurposing your bestseller to create more bestsellers. So what I would recommend if you created that design is next, go breed specific. Create Corgis make me happy, not so much. Pitbulls make me happy, not so much. Pugs make me happy, not so much. Do all the breeds do all the breeds. And that's going to be very funny and relatable to the people that own those particular animals. And I would think that someone that owned a pit bull would rather a shirt that said, pit bulls make me happy, not so much, than one that just broadly says, dogs make me happy, not so much. I think they would still buy the dogs one if that was the only option. But you can create all these options that increase the likelihood of them buying it because they identify even more with this shirt. Um, yeah. Super good, dude. Cool. All right. Let's hop into tip number six, remix your best selling designs to create new winning designs. And this is actually kind of similar. Carrie, can I, I, I touched on this, it a little bit? <laughs> we touched on this briefly, but this is powerful stuff. What you can do is you can literally use the exact same slogan, but just create the design, uh, uh, recreate uh, the design. So let's say Let's just go back to dogs make me happy, you not so much for simplicity's sake. You can remix that design. You can have one with actual design elements on it, like maybe a silhouette of a dog or something like that. Maybe one is just all text. Maybe one, you do the sunset background graphic, which is super popular, that kind of retro. Do you know what I'm talking about, Carrie? Yeah, the retro yeah. with the different colors, the, the sunset background, that's super popular. And what you can do is you can even make this you can remix it to things that are on trend. So maybe there's certain design colors or certain design elements that are really trendy. Um, you can do something like that. There's so much you can do with this. If you have a best-selling design, you should not just have the one design because other some people might be like, oh, I love this slogan, but I don't like this element in it. I'm not really a heart person or I'm not really a whatever person. And you can have a couple different options for them. And I think that's really powerful. A lot of people buy the exact same design in multiple products, but if there was a variety, they would probably like that too. And some of the designs are probably going to appeal to people more. So um, the, it's just another way of scaling a winning design. I think the big thing here is that, and you kind of mentioned this earlier, but with these last two tips is like, just remember that if you have a, if you find something that's working, you have a winning design, there is a reason it's winning. It, there is a right. formula to why it's winning, right? There's generally, general. What's that? There's magic there. There's Something, magic there. Yeah. Generally, that's going to be a big part of that is going to be the slogan or you know the, the the emotion that it that it gets from that from those specific words or picture that's on there. But that you know don't neglect the actual design because 
if you do have a really good slogan, but it's just a super ugly design, it's probably not going to sell. So the, the, the actual, you know, design does have something to do with it in addition to the slogan. So all we're saying here is like, use some of those elements, try to kind of recreate the formula. Like even going back to, I think we talked about musicians, but musicians do this, right? Like they have a hit song and then they're like, oh crap, I need, I want to create more hit songs. Well, let me create something like similar. And so they try to put out like a nether version, you know, or like uh, they try to create more songs that use that same formula. And so mm -hmm. it's the same idea here. Like if you've got something that's winning, create more like it. Totally. And with musicians, other musicians try to do that too. You know, one musician comes out with a hit and then you hear all these songs that yep. sound like it from other musicians. You're like what the hell just happened? Like well, movie, I mean, movies is the same thing. Like you see, totally. you see like directors and writers that create the same style of movies with the same similar story. And they use some of sometimes they use the same actors, right? Because yep. they're trying to like create this, recreate this magic that they had in this one. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, it's it's always always worth a shot, though. I mean, oh for sure. You know, your your chances are significantly higher. And I actually had something similar happen. I've had it happen in my experience where, like, I dropped a slogan, and I guess the design just didn't really hit with people, and it got a good amount of engagement, but it wasn't converting into sales. And I actually improved the design and then relaunched it as a new arrival, and it started converting into sales. Like, it actually performed better. And I think that does happen. Sometimes the design needs a little fine tuning. Uh, if you're getting a lot of engagement but not making sales, I think a lot of times people are relating to the whatever it is, but there's some reason, there's some hesitation, something that's holding them back. Maybe the design's really ugly, or maybe it's just a design they're like, I think this is hilarious, but I would actually never wear that because I just wouldn't, you know? Um, but it's yeah. always worth if you're getting good engagement on a design, but it's not making sales, it's always worth trying, making some tweaks to the design and relaunching it almost like a version two, like a new design, see if it improves. Uh, I've had it improve and, and go from not making any sales to starting to make, to make sales. I think one of the things we're talking about a lot throughout this, and it could be on a later tip, but <laughs> I, I don't think it is it, like one of the threads throughout this is is testing a lot of designs trying to find a winner mm -hmm. like that's kind of mm -hmm. and i know that goes more into the marketing but we're talking about that a lot and i just wanted to say as you were you were talking about that like maybe maybe you release a design you're getting a lot of engagement you're not really getting the sales mm -hmm. here's here's something that i think maybe some people don't really think about is nobody knows whether you're making sales or not like your customers don't know you're, you're following they don't know whether you're making sales or not right you could put out a design and it gets a bunch of engagement nobody knows except for you whether people are buying it so there's no harm in testing that same slogan on a different design like sometimes we just feel like oh nobody bought that i just shouldn't even mess with it right but like there's no harm in continue to test it no mm -hmm. one as far as everybody's concerned that could have been your best selling design ever nobody knows that it didn't sell you know there's really no harm in testing it, especially if you have any kind of organic audience, you have any kind of email email list, like keep testing away, test more designs, more designs, trying to find that formula because you even mentioned it, I think on the workshop, you're like, you're just one design away. Like that's so mm -hmm. true because we, we have endless stories, you know, from people and students and other people, you know, just in the apparel category that have had one design and it's gone to $500,000, $600,000, millions of dollars, right? Like with one design, so true. I mean, it's, it's wild. So just keep testing. 
it can absolutely change the game. So for one of my brands, we literally made $5,800 in sales in one month. That month, we dropped a winner. The next month, we dropped a winner partway through the month. And within four months, we had $150,000 in sales in a month. Yeah. We went from 5,800 to over 150,000 in a month, all within a three to four month span of time. That is the power of having a winning design. It can absolutely change the game. And so anyone listening to this, that's getting discouraged because you just keep dropping design after design and they're not hitting like take this advice, go take some time to do research. It's actually going to be more valuable. If you are kind of putting out uh, uh, designs that are kind of backed by the data and putting those out there, you probably don't need to put out as much because there's a significantly higher likelihood of those being winners. Even though I do encourage people to put out a lot of designs because that's one of the beauties of print on demand is you can be rapid fire testing designs and then just get rid of the ones that don't sell. Just remove them from your store. Nobody wants them, not a problem. Uh, leave that real estate for the ones that people do want. But that is a strategy that works. So I'm going um, to move to tip number seven, but yeah. I do want to just add, and this is a whole nother conversation. Maybe we need to do another, an episode <laughs> on this. There is a part of this though, where it's like, when you have a small, when you have a small following or, or maybe, maybe like very, very little following, you do need to get enough eyeballs on your designs to know mm. if they're winners or not. I think you said in the beginning, you're like, uh, you're like, you know, you, you could have the best marketing in the world, but if you don't have a good product, it, it goes the other way as well, right? You could have the best mm -hmm. designs, but if you don't, if you don't have any traffic or any eyeballs, you're not going to sell them. It literally goes both ways. Your mm -hmm. product sucks, and you can, it, it, you know, and anyways, it goes both ways. You need the product and the marketing. You need Agreed. the eyeballs, but you, but you can get the eyeballs, and you have a stinky product, and it, it just doesn't work. So you really need both. You need the winning product. So, anyways, my point is, there is, there is. You know, you, you need to make sure you're getting enough traffic to really test that design. And I think that's a conversation for probably another episode. Like, have I driven enough traffic? What does that look like? What do conversion rates look like? I mean, that's more of a marketing episode, mm -hmm. but that is an important, important element of testing is like, if you're going out there and you're, let's just say you're testing 20 designs in, in the next week, mm -hmm. but you only have five followers on Instagram. It's like, mm -hmm. you, you just can't, you can't get enough data to really know whether it's going to be a winner or not. You know, so yeah, no, that's a good point. And I, I will say one thing, like even if you have, let's say 500 followers, which I, I with the right strategy, it is not hard to get to 500 yes. followers on Instagram. You can totally do it. You are anyone is capable of doing it. Just you need to follow a strategy, but you can get there really fast. And even with 500, if you dropped a design, pay attention to how disproportionate the engagement is on the on one design versus another so if you're used to getting three likes per design that you drop and then you drop one to your audience of 500 and you get a hundred likes whoa like you you are probably onto something here and yes. immediately we would tell you to go to level two testing which is the kind of small budget ads where you can actually get it in front of your audience and target specifically more people out there um and then see how that does and then you scale it from there depending on on where that goes that's a but, really good tip because yeah you don't need a lot like you can tell right. you can tell even in small portions what's what's getting a little more attention than other than other things. So that, that's a great one. Yep. Okay. Let's move to tip number seven. I think this is going to be the last tip for today's episode, Probably. but remember next week we're going to be dropping part two. We got seven more tips for you on winning designs. 
But yep. tip number seven is scale your best selling designs by adding them to other styles and products. This is a huge tip. And again, this goes back to like, you, you know, after you've kind of found something that is, is, is a winning designer is starting to make sales. You can put your design on other types of products, right? You might be able to put the same design that's on a t-shirt. You might be able to stick it on a mug. You might be able to stick it on a hoodie or on a tank top or on a tote bag or whatever the case may be, right? You might be able to repurpose that design on other styles and products. Another mm -hmm. tip to go uh, along with that is that, you know, a lot of times this works really well for upsells, right? If you, mm -hmm. if you, if you sell a t-shirt with a certain slogan on it and you put that same slogan on, let's say a mug or whatever, and you, you position that as an upsell, like they already like the design, right? They just have mm -hmm. to want it on another product. And most of the time they will, like they'll want to have it on multiple products. So that's yep. a, kind of another tip there. And hundred percent that's yeah, that, that, that's pretty much all there is to it. Like if somebody likes the design, chances are they'll like it on other products in most cases. Now, Every design doesn't work on every product. I mean, that's something to, to be aware of is like sometimes the, they just don't work, right? A lot of, a lot of t-shirt designs don't really work on hats. Mm -hmm. just, you know, you, you might be able to alter them and stuff, but they don't really work. So that's something to be aware of. But generally, if a customer likes the design on whatever product the, they initially see, they will like it on other, other products. Yeah, 100%. And I just want to say something to anyone that either has a winner now or has a winner in the future. If you do not put your winning design on other products, I promise you other people will. Ooh. It will happen. It happens to all my winners. Like I put it on maybe five products and the next thing I know it's out there on like a shower curtain on Redbubble. It's on a pillow on Etsy. It's like stickers, travel bags maybe, like literally everywhere, literally everywhere. People put that on everything. And um, so why don't you just beat them to the chase? Like if you created the original design, you deserve to make the profit from that design. And I encourage you to put it on numerous different products. Like another thing, if you haven't had a winner yet, when you have a winner, one thing you're gonna realize is that a ton of people buy that design on multiple products or even on the same product. They might buy it for their, a group of friends. Maybe it's, you know, t they want matching t-shirts that are hilarious and relatable to them all. Or, um, you know, maybe someone's buying someone a gift for Christmas and they buy them this design on like a shirt, a mug and a hat because they know the person's going to love it so much and they can be wearing it or using it all the time. You would be shocked how many people will just buy multiple quantities of that winning design on the same products or different products. Also, oh, you, don't know, you don't know what the, you don't know what the weather is like where they're at, right? Like they might want a long sleeve a hoodie or a sweatshirt, you know, just because they live in a colder climate. Like you just never know. So it's yeah. Offered on. That's a, a really good point. Yeah. They might wear the hoodie in the winter and then the t-shirt version in the yeah. summer. <laughs> that was a lot. I heard you say that was a lot. That, that was, was a lot. lot. That was seven huge tips. I think Oof. we're going to cap this one there. Yeah. Uh, but th dude, that, that was pretty solid. I think those were pretty solid tips. That was fun. That you was got, fun. I hope people got a lot of value out of this. It's always fun sharing this stuff. And it's really cool when people say, oh, I heard what you said and I applied it. And, you know, now I have a winning design or I'm doing what you're saying. And um, it's it's inspiring. It's really cool to hear. We got six more tips, six, six more, more tips, tips coming at you next in next week's episode. So definitely uh, stay tuned for that. If you're listening to this like far in the future, go binge the other episode. 
listen <laughs> yeah. to this one first and then go to the next one. But I think that does it, man. I think that wraps it up. Cool. This was a lot of fun. We'll wrap it up there. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you guys and we will see you on the next one. Boom. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Print On Demand Playbook Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on whichever platform you are listening from. Thank you so much again. We appreciate all of you and we will see you soon.